All right. Today, you're explorers of the unknown. Take a flight of mystery. Your established place in history is solidified within a story that sets a barrier-breaking female aviator whose accomplishments placed her on a pedestal shared by few others in her time. However, her disappearance has garnered as much buzz as her life itself. Join us as the Something Perplexing podcast takes a look at Amelia Earhart. I'm Issa. I'm Patty. And I'm Khaled. Oh. Sorry, my, my flight was delayed. Ooh. Waited for the pun. Waited for the intro pun from Uncle Khaled. His flight was delayed. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I heard you, you mention your name, and Patty mentioned her name, and I forgot I had to announce. I don't know what's up with me. Sorry. I'm here, too. This is your baby, dude. This was your uh, sparker interest, Amelia Earhart. No, it wasn't. It was Patty's. Yeah. Oh, this is Patty, baby? Yeah. Okay. I suggested her for Women's History Month, which is March. We don't know how to use a calendar. But then then the stuff happened, the new development. So we decided to move it up. But I didn't know a lot about Uh, her. It's pretty badass. She's pretty badass. Was pretty badass. We could always air it later, but you know, just in case. No, we're not. We're Let's airing it now. We're going to air it now. But I mean, 1932, right? So she coming up as a, a pilot. What's her life like, man? Okay. So Amelia, she was the first female aviator to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean. She was also one of the first aviators to promote commercial air travel. She wrote a couple of books. Um, she also helped f- start the 99s, which was an organization for female pilots. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about her childhood and her life and her schooling and all that good stuff. And you guys can interject with any additional information that you have. So she was born July 24th, 1897 in Atchison, Kansas. Her father, Edwin, was a lawyer and he worked for the railroad. And she let, she spent a lot of her time when she was a kid playing with her younger sister, Mur- Muriel. So she was very much a tomboy. She loved adventure and she would do things that were not really conventional for little girls to do. Her and her sister would collect insects. They liked to play sports, including baseball and football. She knew how to shoot guns. She used it to kill rats in her dad's barn. And she liked to wear pants. A little tomboy. Nice. A little 1910s tomboy. Yeah. Yeah. So at one point in their home, her, her sister, a neighbor, a neighborhood boy, and her uncle put together a track made of boards and greased with lard. And it was like a homemade track that started at the top of a tool shed. It was about eight feet off the ground and the the kids would plummet. I don't really understand how they did this. I looked at a picture and I just didn't totally get it. Khalid, if you know, go ahead, go for it. I think it was they were trying to build a roller coaster. Right. Right. But how what did they what did they write in like a box? Oh, I don't know. I saw a picture of it and I was like, okay, literally just a little track. Um, So they would do that. And she was the first one to try it out. So, oh, it was a crate. They would write a crate down the, the thing. So the first time that she rides it, allegedly, she gets on the top, she goes to the bottom, it goes really fast, the crate kind of breaks, and then she gets up, and she said, it's just like flying. That's what she said. And, uh, you know, some people think that's where her interest and passion for flying began. So Amelia graduates from Chicago's Hyde Park High School in June 1915, and she goes and enters the Augants School near Philadelphia in 1916. In 1917, she goes and she visits her sister Muriel, who's now living in Toronto, and she does this over the Christmas break. At that time, she decides not to return to Ogant School and graduate, but instead decides to remain and join the war effort in Toronto and becomes a voluntary aid detachment nurse at the Spadina Military Convalescent Hospital. While she's there in Toronto, she starts to go to a local airfield, and that's when she really becomes fascinated with the idea of flying. Like a wrong hole, she was at this point when she joined the military. 
It's like a military news, I think, and right. So it was nineteen sixteen, and she was born in nineteen. So nineteen. Okay. Yeah, like nineteen. She was around nineteen. So she ends up going at some point to Columbia University for a couple of months, but she's forced to forego her studies. Um, she actually her idea was to do Columbia and then go to the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, so MIT because her parents couldn't afford the tuition and the costs associated. So she ends up finding work as a teacher. And then in 1925, she becomes a social worker at Denison House, which was a Boston settlement house. Do you guys know what a settlement house is? Because I didn't know what that was. No, no clue. Okay. They have so, like for immigrants or like people with no houses. So the settlement movement was, this is legit, I'm pretty sure taken from Wikipedia or something. The settlement movement was a reformist social movement that began in the 1880s and peaked around the 1920s in the United Kingdom and the United States. Its goal was to bring the rich and the poor of society together in both physical proximity and social connection. So it was really just a kind of, it was a social thing. So it would get people from all walks of life together. Sounds kind of like a liberal hippy dippy kind of a thing. From these jobs that she has, she starts to collect money so that she can afford lessons. So in 1923, she makes history when she becomes the first woman to fly solo above 14,000 feet. On October 22nd, what is this, 19? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That was actually in 1922 when she flies to that altitude and sets that record. And on May 16th, 1923, she becomes the 16th woman in the United States to be issued a pilot's license. 16th? 16th? Is it the 16th woman? I think it might be the 16th person. I might have written this note down incorrectly because that sounds like a lot of women. No, th I think that's right. The 16th You think woman. so? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 1923. Before her. So, yeah. Okay. Sense. In 1927, she flies across the Atlantic with a crew. So, she's not actually flying the plane at this point. She's actually in charge of the flight log. But she does become the first woman to fly or be flown across the Atlantic when she does that in 1927. So, people start to get uh, to know her. And even though she didn't fly the plane herself, it was kind of a big deal. So she ends up writing her first book, 20 Hours, 40 Minutes. And then she ends up taking a job as aviation editor for Cosmopolitan Magazine. Yes. So at this point, like, it's a big deal because women just supposed to be in the kitchen, supposed to be um, making porridge, supposed to be wearing dresses. Wear they pants. should not be doing anything like this. Right. Correct. Like in, at this period of time, the woman's brain... Patricia, it wasn't developed to do these things, correct? No, no, she was, you know, probably born different because <laughs> we are just not, we're still not that smart. And also, like, I want to say, besides that she was a woman, flying the Atlantic was a big deal. It wasn't like an easy expedition. Like, it wasn't like a ton of men were doing it too. She was the first woman, but I think she was the second person to ever fly the Atlantic when she does do it, which we'll get into when she actually flies the Atlantic. So it's a it's a big deal. Yes, she's a woman and that's a big deal, but also it's just a big deal, period. If she was a man, it also would have been a big deal. Before commercial aviation, right? So this is before people flying is, is people no, still using flew, boats and she, shit right but she flew by herself in 1932 she flies by herself she flies the plane by herself to cross the atlantic ocean she goes east to west that's the first time she goes by herself no what i mean is like if i look in at this time frame mm -hmm. this is not this is like way before commercial flight popular oh, yeah. yeah 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 for sure she, she for was sure. starting it off she was helping out yeah the, the yeah. publicity of it all yeah wow so this is a time frame where people still if they go into england they're doing it by boat more than likely they're taking correct. a boat correct from new york to england and anywhere else that's interesting man. yeah no she was definitely a pioneer uh, so in 1932, she becomes the first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic, like I said, east to west. Apparently, it was not an easy trip. She almost runs out of gas. The weather's really bad, but she makes it. 
when she comes back, she's awarded the Army Air Corps Distinguished Flying Cross by the U.S. Congress, honorary membership in the British Guild of Air Pilots and Navigators, and the Gold Medal of the National Geographic Society, which ends up being presented to her by President Hoover. In July at, of that same year, yes? Uh, at this point, she flying on behalf of the Army? So this is what she doing? Like, she's part of the Army and doing this? No, she's just flying, but she's being recognized by different uh, people and organizations. But she's doing it for herself. And she gets like a ticker tape parade when she lands in America, right? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, because I think five years before, the guy who did it, uh, Charles Lindbergh, did that flight. He got a ticker tape parade, I think, in New York. And when she did it, same celebration. You know, they... They used to call her Lady Lindy because they said that she looked like Lindbergh. Yes, and I think she was insulted by that. I would be insulted by that as but, well. But in order to, <laughs> to fly... I want to see who does Lindbergh. She, yeah. she cut her hair really short. She kind of had to look like a guy a little bit, you know, just yeah. to, to put the part. She had to sleep in her jacket, her bomber jacket. She had to sleep in it to kind of make it look worn a bit because she was not experienced, not fully experienced. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So in July of that same year of 1932, she sets the women's record for the fastest nonstop transcontinental flight flying from Los Angeles to Newark, New Jersey. She writes her second book. It's called The Fun of It. And she begins to lecture across the country. She's awarded the Harmon Trophy as America's Outstanding Airwoman, the Cross of Knight of the Legion of Honor by the French government. And she receives honorary membership in the National Aeronautic Association. The following year, 1933, she actually ends up opening a fashion house. I didn't do much research about it. Most Places don't even mention that. I just thought it was interesting. And then in the fall of 1935, she joins the faculty of Purdue University. She serves as a counselor in the study of careers for women and an advisor in aeronautics. Um, I want to say that this really has nothing to do with her life. I just think it was interesting that she was really, really liberal for a woman at the time. And so she was affiliated with the national women's party. She was an early supporter of the equal rights amendment. And can I read you guys a letter to her husband that she wrote before they got married? Yeah. Oh yeah. Richard gear, Richard gear, <laughs> Richard gear, play a husband in the movie. Thank <laughs> uh... God, dude. What movie? It had this movie that I was trying to watch before, and I couldn't. I, I didn't get a second to get in. Um, but it, the name of it was uh, Amelia, and it was Hilary Swank and Richard Gere. Oh, I didn't know there was a movie. That sounds good. I would totally watch that. Yeah, Amelia. So this is the letter oh, that she wrote to him. There are some things which should be writ before we are married. Things we have talked over before. Sorry, guys, my cat is keeps pressing stuff. Things we have talked over before, most of them. Things, yeah. You must know again my reluctance to marry. My feelings that I shatter there by chances and work, which means most to me. I feel the move just now as foolish as anything I could do. I know there may be compensations, but have no heart to look ahead. On our life together, I want you to understand I shall not hold you to any medieval code of faithfulness to me, nor shall I consider myself bound to you similarly. If we can be honest, I think the difficulties which arise may best be avoided should you or I become interested deeply, deeply or in passing to anyone else. So let's do it. Please let she didn't write. Let's do it. I added that. Please let us not interfere <laughs> <laughs> with others work or play, nor let <laughs> Your private joys or disagreements. In this connection, I may have to keep some place where I can go to be by myself now and then, for I cannot guarantee to endure at all times the confinement of even an attractive cage. I must exact a cruel promise, and that is you will let me go in a year if we find no happiness together. <laughs> I will try <laughs> to do my best in every way and give you that part of me you know and seem to want. Honest. Yeah. To the point. I mean, seems, yeah. So definitely she was a little ahead of her time. I think she yeah, I mean, I don't even think we fully come to accept open relationships now. I think people are still judgy about it. So I think that's pretty interesting that this was in the 1930s. And she was like, listen, 
do not keep me in a cage. I don't care if it's pretty. I'm going to do me and you're going to do you. And then if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, you got to let me fly free. No pun intended. <laughs> you shock, <laughs> I shock, everybody shocks. Everybody shocks. So, but she married the guy. The guy's name was um, George, George Parr, Putnam. Putnam, right? Mm-hmm. He was her promoter for a number of years. And I think she turned down his marriage proposal about five times. Before she agreed, I guess he, she he was down. engaged to somebody else when she met him and she broke yeah. off that engagement with the other person. I don't remember his name and then got with him. But, yeah, I think it took a while for him to be like for her but, to finally uh, agree to marry him. And, yeah. and he had to leave his wife also. So. Oh, I didn't know that part. So, so yeah. And, uh, you know, like everybody, nobody really liked George Putnam because he was such a arrogant guy. Like he would he would always want to be in the spotlight. He wanted to use people for their fame. So he ah. always wanted to be in the picture with her. You know, he told her, give her some advice. He says, get rid of those hats that you wear. Let your blonde hair show. And stop smiling because it shows your gap in your teeth. Just keep your nice, you know. Wow. He, yeah, sounds, give her advice. he sounds this great. Is, <laughs> this is pre-Madonna. This is pre-Madonna where the gap wasn't established or something Lauren, awesome. And Lauren Hutton. Do you guys remember Lauren Hutton? Or no? Or not like a too. Ralph Lauren model back in the day. I don't know if she was before Madonna or if they were probably coming out at the same time, probably in the 80s. She had that gap to a gorgeous woman. Uh, oh. But he sounds great. No wonder <laughs> she was like, sure, I'll marry you. I don't want to marry you. I'm going to marry you, but I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> like, <laughs> you shag, I shag. Everybody oh, yeah, shag. look at Lauren. Okay. Yeah, she was gorgeous, too. Uh-huh. She's still, if she's still alive, the last time I saw a picture of her, she's still gorgeous. She um, aged well, yeah. Yeah, she looks great. So does anybody want to talk about her last flight? Khaled, do you want to talk about her last flight? Oh, you go right no, ahead. I have very... I'll, I'll chime in whenever. Okay. I have very minute details. So in 1937, her plan was to circumnavigate the globe at the equator. That was the plan. So she goes along with navigator Fred Noonan, and they begin the journey in Miami mm. on May 20th. Noons on May t- in May on May 21st, 1937. So the route was intended to have multiple stops. Um, with there were long stretches, and then they would have stops all near places near the ocean. That's my understanding of it. Yes, I think it was like 40 days they was planning this thing days. out. It was like days. multiple stops. You know, some of the stretches was going to be like over 12 hours type of deal. But it was just flying, stopping to refuel and going. That's yeah. a Can lot you, of traveling, dude. It is. Can you imagine spending 40 days with one person in a little plane? <laughs> mm. Like, I want yeah. you to think about it in two ways. I want you to think about it like. Can you do that with Faye? Could you spend 40 days with Faye in a little plane? I, I mean, I know you could, but I would want to murder Lewis, I think. He talks so much. I don't ever stop. I don't ever stop. And you talk a lot, too. I don't talk in the morning. I don't talk in the afternoon. Or Faye. There'll be a lot of chit-chat. There'll be a lot of chit-chat. Talking to sleep, everything, right? I'll talk about the water, about the sights. About life, I don't about I don't think the differences between yesterday and today. Oh man, your favorite movie? <laughs> There'd not be enough movies at that time. Forty days to do any one particular thing is a lot of time, dude. It is. Everybody, and she sounds like somebody who needed like her mean time. I need my me time too. Everybody needs know? their time. Everybody yeah. need their me time. A hundred percent. There's a mission though. Like I get 40 so, days, you you doing something historic, you you out to, you know, set these records. The 40 days probably didn't even phase it, dude. It probably didn't even phase Nunit. That 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 was the least of uh, worries. It's but, like I'm gonna kill this thing. Or make history. Hmm? You know, they get their breaks in between, you know, land the plane, refuel, take a nap, maybe. I don't know. Got like yeah. a sandwich. I guess that's a lot. That's a lot of time together. So their last known stop is in Ley. I don't know if I'm saying that New Guinea on July 2nd. And their next planned stop is Howland Island, which is over 2,500 miles away. And that was going to be their next refueling point. That refueling point was supposed to be the last one, right? Before the final stretch. 
I think so, because if you do the math, May 21st to July 2nd, that is about, that is this about. This was like the end of it. Yeah. It's the end. Right. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It's, it's sure. towards definitely the end. They were supposed to meet a ship there at um, Holland Island, uh, a Coast Guard ship, I think, called the Itzka, Itzka ship that they were kind of in radio communication with. Okay. Mm. Oh, yes, 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 yes. You're right. You're 100% right. So that early morning of July 2nd, they take off. And throughout the day, the radio communications, uh, they proved to be difficult because of bad weather and certain equipment issues. So her final confirmed message, she's talking about that her she, the plane is low on fuel and she's not able to find the island. Uh, I something I heard, I watched a couple of things and I can't remember exactly where I heard it, but they say that in her last communication, I think the word they used was she sounded frantic. Yeah, she, so yeah, that that's interesting because she was trying, I guess, to use the technology at the time to navigate to the islands. The reason that Fred Union was there was he was an expert in celestial navigation and he's, he was helping commercialize flight, the flight industry. He worked for, I forgot which airline he worked for, but helping them map out flights across the Atlantic and stuff like that. But um, yeah, her ship went down somewhere around that route they have they have conspiracy theories about what happened to her right yeah they do but there was supposed to be just i just want to add this and i'm reading this from biography.com this particular thing that i'm about to read mm -hmm. there was another navigator that was supposed to go with them his name was harry manning do you guys know about harry manning no so harry manning was apparently very adept at wireless code i don't know what that means but since he wasn't going to go, this prompted Earhart and Noonan to get rid of the CW, which is the telegraph code key transmitter on the plane, because she felt that it was going to be dead weight if it was just her and Noonan on board. So before departing, she also dropped a trailing antenna that would allow her to have used that would have allowed her to use the 500 kilocycle marine frequency. Instead of Morse code, Earnhardt planned to communicate by voice at higher bandwidth. So I just wanted to say those two things because they're, I don't want to say that it could have saved their lives. I don't know that, but there was definitely some things that, you know, that maybe could have led to find, actually finding them. Yeah, could it. Because it was, it was new technology because they said along on her way to Holland Island, they, they had six calls from her, so they were able to talk to her at least six times or hear from her six times. But she never made it to that location. So I'm going to read this part. This is directly from biography.com. While Earnhardt's plane was in the air, the Coast Guard cutter Itasca was wanting to guide her to Howland. However, inadequate coordination meant some of the ship's communications were on bandwidths that she didn't have the ability to receive. There were other difficulties, a radio direction finder on Howland that wouldn't work with Earhart's higher bandwidth equipment required batteries, which were drained by the time she was in the area. 14 hours and 15 minutes into her flight, the Itasca received a first somewhat garbled transmission from Earhart about cloudy weather. Through the messages themselves, Though the messages them themselves would grow clearer, their content remained wearing as when Earhart radioed. We are circling but cannot see island, cannot hear you. She apparently only received one message from the ship, though the Itasca had been transmitting for hours. Yeah, and I, I heard someone say when they heard her, they couldn't really make out her, um, what she was saying. They kind no. of said it was her voice, or they could think, think it was her voice, but then they said it may have been a man also trying to speak on there. They didn't know what they were hearing because, again, it was new technology, I guess, at the time that they were using. So they couldn't really tell. And the ship that was waiting for her, I think they took a while before they actually went trying to look for her. Because the sig they say the sig last signal she sent was around maybe 12 and they didn't get it to like around 6 o'clock or something like that. It took a while for them to get the, the message. According Sad. to one expert. Yeah. Sad. The um, the guy in the boat that they was communicating with, like apparently he, tr he tried to tell them that they had like these heavy headwinds coming in, 
Uh Right. And he sent a message like three times and apparently she never responded to it. But even with the heavy headwinds, even if she had fly above it, she should have still have about 20 hours of flying time left. You mean before her, before she ran out of gas? Yeah. Because I heard the opposite. I heard that considering the headwind and considering the problems, that that would have significantly shortened that time. And that's why they estimate that she sunk at some particular point, like that, you know, the sunk and went into the water and they drowned and died. That's what I thought. Because mm. hey, if a pilot mentions that they are low on fuel, that means maybe you're really out of fuel and you miscalculated and you didn't do things right. So for her to say that she's out of fuel, it's like you're out of fuel. So I don't know how they got lost out there. Yeah, regardless of, of what happened, the, the the general idea was that she ran out of fuel, sunk, went into the water. They're bodies are somewhere in the water that's a general i know we're going to talk about the theories that's a general she wasn't declared dead until two years after because they never found her body and now Issa's is going to talk about these wonderful wonderful theories um and if there's any that me and khalid know that you don't mm-hmm. mention we can go into them yeah here we go it have like three different articles i want to reference okay i'm gonna throw the theory out okay and I want you guys out of five okay. to let me know where okay. you think, where okay. you think we at. I mean, five, yeah, five being, yeah, I think this probably could be the case. One being, this not likely. Okay. 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 So first article is from uh, this website called Litface. Right. One. All right. <laughs> so number 10. Oh, she there's crashed. 10. Yeah. So 10. She crashed near Buka Island. So apparently in this one, locals in Papua New Guinea claim they found parts of the wreckage of Earhart's plane on a reef near Buka Island. Um, local Papua New Guinea newspaper Post Courier reported the crash site is in direct alignment with Earhart's flight path. Um past north of Buka Island in a straight northeast direction to Howland, adding that there were strong indications that this was the missing plane. However, skeptics were not convinced, and Rick Gillespie, the executive director of the International Group of Historic Aircraft Recovery, said that the discovery of the wreckage did not match up with the last known radio transmissions received from Earhart, which took place 200 miles from Howland Island. So mm-hmm. Papua New Guinea. One to five, five, right? Like a two? Five. Like a two, three. Yeah. Could be. One being but... yeah, okay. Yeah. Could it be two or three? Three sounds good. One being no, five being yeah. hell yes, right? Three is like yeah. In the, yeah, five, yeah. Yeah. Three. I would say two or yeah. three. Yeah, three is yeah. good. Could be. Could be. It's not, it doesn't sound completely crazy. She became a castaway uh, on Nikamuro Island, according to a study. And this one, I think in that video we had watched, Patty, they had mentioned this one. So apparently they had fine bones. And in 2018, Earhart's bones were discovered on the Western Pacific Island of Nakamuro, um, proving that she crashed there and died as a castaway. Their report claimed the bones were 99% match with the famed pilot, who is known to have flown close to the island during her doom blast journey. The remains were discovered in 1940 by this uh, general guy. Right, Khalid, what are you saying, dude? No, Nukamoro Island? Is that the same thing as Gardner Island? I don't know. I'm not too sure. Me either. Okay. But... The bones were discovered in 1940. They did an analysis of the bones. The guy that did the initial analysis of the bones say, these bones look more like it is for a short fat man. 
But then when they had like the, and then the dude was like, just get rid of these bones. It don't make sense. Keeping it is not Amelia Earhart. This is bullshit. Stupid. And they, and they lose the bones, right? But then after the fact, when they was analyzing what the guy discovered, they say, hey, this could potentially be the bones of a woman. Of European, of European descent. descent, right. Who is exceptionally tall. They keep mentioning that, that 5'8 is like tall for a woman. I, I, like, I don't understand. Was tall for a woman, was not tall it for is. a woman. 5'8 is tall for a woman. Okay. okay. Well, there you go. Some cultures um, are tall for a man. <laughs> really? Some there you go. Yeah, some some cultures. Not, not many. Not many. Do you want to read that one, Patty? Uh, I'll give that a four. I'll give it a five. That's oh, I see. Is that, I oh, is that your big one? Yeah. Nicomora Island was renamed. It was previously called Gardner Island. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's where you lean in. Mm-hmm. One of the things they find in Nakamura, that and like I that's my big four. I like I'll give that a four too, because apparently she um they find remains around the body, including like she used to be um she used to be deep into like this herbal tonic shit and they find the herbal liqueur that she was she used to carry. Um Benedictine, a herbal liqueur that Earnhardt, Earhart oh, was known to carry okay. on her. Okay, okay. Uh, Benedictine. Yeah. So she like herbs. She drink any herbs. The herb bottle they find like around there. Okay. Noonan was, it- was apparently nowhere to be found. Well, it would it would be like when the when the plane crashed, right? And they find the bones in the nineteen forties and then they resurrect the idea in two thousand eighteen. When they had like a different set of analysis on the reports of the bones that get lost in the 40s. Okay. okay. The evidence is scant. The theory is like I like the theory by just saying they ain't got shit to support that, dude. Everything just missing. Everything just MIA. And Kelly does it does a five for you and Patty Wiz for you? Four. Four. Okay. I like it too. I like it. She was taken hostage by the Japanese. Mm, 10. 10. Ooh, Relations between the no. U.S. and Japan had been fractured since Japan's attack on China in 1931. Um, and apparently they believed that the Japanese government potentially captured her and had a hostage. I mean, People, I would not put it past the Japanese, but they wouldn't say anything. Like They wouldn't be like, look who we got. <laughs> nah. And the thing is, the theory kind of got discredited because apparently the um during the attempts to find her, the State Department from um America received a call from the Japanese embassy saying, Hey, we'll help you look for this woman, you know, because it's a big deal that a woman was trying to, you know, fly across the world and we'll we'll help you try to look for her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And this was before Pearl Harbor, so they're like you know, that you wouldn't suspect. Yeah, I give that a one. Yeah. I don't think it's like tree-ish, man. I don't know. You don't have but she would she would have to crash. Yeah, you know what, dude, is less than is less than tree. Is one. I I'll go one or two on it. Because what's the deal there? She would have to crash. The Japanese would have to know where she crashed, then kidnap her. Like I don't understand. A lot. Oh, that would go no. down. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Around that time, it had plenty of tension between uh, America, Japan, China, everything, right? Mm-hmm. A couple of years later, World War II had started because the um, they had bombed Pearl Harbor and stuff like that. America wanted to get more infrastructure, more like search and more ability to search in these particular areas. Which lead to this theory, she mm. was a spy, right? Mm. She was a spy for America that purposely get lost, right? To give America the ability to search for shit. Hmm. Hmm. I don't believe hmm. that at all. Nah. I don't One. think Amelia Earhart was about the system. <laughs> she was no, but she was. System. But she was about helping America, right? If America yeah. come to and was like, dude, instead of finishing this thing, 
the whole world going to be watching. Fake, fake the crash. It'll give us the ability to search the area. Ooh. So here's the thing. When she was doing this flight, like apparently she was hard up for money. Something was going on with her family's financial stat, financial issues. So this was a big deal for her. Not just because she, yes, she was going to set a record and it was going to be monumental, but she needed the money. So maybe if they came to her and said, hey, we'll give you this money. You got to do this for us. Yeah, maybe she would have done it. Mm. Interesting. I'll give that one a tree, dude. I'm just saying, like, I we go to keep with this money. But trash, pretend that you're crash. She would have gotten more money had she completed the flight. Like, just out of completing the flight, she would have. And and then what? She she was a spy, and then what? Where is she now? What did they do with her? They relocate her, man, because they know she, she faked the crash, but she land, right? She land the plane. The Americans get the plane back, and then they relocate her, right? And she was living good, eating shrimp, mm. just, you know? voting and stuff which women can do like about 20 years before that mm-hmm. just exercising her vote wearing I, pants uh, and shit i'm gonna give this one a one i'm sorry i don't think it's like i, I like it I, I think maybe it's is right because maybe you know she set up a foundation for missing famous people who wanted to, to get out of the spotlight and like 30 years later elvis shows up you know elvis and- jim morrison Jimi hendrix Amelia Earhart. Amelia Earhart. They're not really dead. They're just hanging out in this compound. Damn it. By the government. Yeah. Okay. Could be. One. <laughs> 3.5. Well, you move it up to a 3.5 for me, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway. In there, yeah. Okay. You guys see the uh, picture of her living on Marshall Islands with Noonan? No. 40 days is a lot of time to fall in love, dude. No, let me see the picture. He's only a few years older than her, too. Like, by three And years a drunk. Ago. Is he a drunk? Yeah, I read he was a drunk. <laughs> Not that mean? drunks don't deserve love. Wait. They do. Is Everyone the navigator? Fred, oh, Fred Noonan, yeah. Fred Noonan. I don't know. Look, this picture was taken and circulated as proof that she was chilling out in the Marshall Islands. She oh. and Noonan. Right? And in love? Oh, I hate to tell you this. This picture was disproven. It was disproven because yeah. I realized it was published like years before. Yeah. But, but also, it's. I thought you were going to show like a romance. They were drinking like martinis and staring at each other's eyes. Okay. No, they was looking at boats, being in love. I add any Seriously. fact that they fall in love with each other. Oh, to be okay, with okay, you. okay, okay. I got it. All right. I was saying 40, day, 40 days is a lot of time to fall in love with somebody. Or want to murder them. Hmm. Okay. Just, Just saying. She was held prisoner and executed in Saipan. Now, the thing with her being killed in I Saipan. Yeah, apparently um, one man has a theory about the debt is uh, a guy called William Sablan, who's Uncle, this one, his uncle worked at prison on the island of Saipan in 1937. And the uncle had told the nephew that both Earhart and Noonan were held captive at the prison before the execution. Sablan recalled that he had dreams of becoming a pilot. And when he told his uncle this, he heard the story of how two American Americans crashed near Saipan and were imprisoned for two or three days. They were both killed and buried there after the war was over. Their bodies were exhumed by American military branch and shipped back to the U.S. where those bodies are now um, somebody else's questions to answer. Because this is, this is what the guy is saying, right? So... They, they take the bodies, they exhume it, they send them back. Nobody knew where the bodies are. In the 1960s, apparently, a similar theory was floated when CBS reported, um, reporter said locals on the Marshall Island had, con- had confirmed the death of two spies shortly before the beginning of World War II. 
I mean, 2.5? You gonna go ahead and take people off a plane, take them back to your island, execute them, and then bury them somewhere? I don't know. And then take them out. And then lying. Yeah, you're right. A one. You're gonna. gonna... (laughs) Yeah. You're right. We could combine theories, dude. Just think about it. She's a spy. She tried to do spying. They find her. They put her in the place, right? Mm. Now, picture if we combine in theory, she was this spy. Then here, this next one. (gasps) She became. (laughs) She became a New Jersey housewife. Oh, yeah. Hmm. That lady sued them, didn't she? Yeah, apparently. So one of the theories was that she had um, uh, it was this book that this guy named Joe Class had published in the seventies and claimed that uh, Earhart was rescued from the Japanese government by the U.S. military and ended up in New Jersey under a redefined identity of Irene Bolham and. The real Irene Bolham had Sudi guy because he was like, "Don't be throwing this shit on me," you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh man. Okay. I love that the dude write a whole book and make money on his book and just say, "Hey, this random woman is um, is Amelia Earhart." What do you guys think? Eh. eh. Zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's the unlikeliest of them all. <laughs> Zero. All right. Give it a one. She became Tokyo Rose. So we could do like a whole different um, podcast and the idea of this whole Tokyo Rose thing. But it had like American broadcasters during the war in the uh, South Pacific. That would um, be a lot of propaganda against the American military. Right. And one of the people that they had on the station was this person called Tokyo Rose. Um, it was like this female speaking broadcaster, and they would just spill out Japanese propaganda. And um, apparently, one of the big failures on that theory was the husband, you know, and the husband um, was like, dude, I don't sound anything like my wife. I don't think it's her. Yeah. Hmm. What do you guys think? I, I mean, it'd lean into the idea that she had hid the system. So she went to Tokyo and then was like, I'm going to be a DJ. I would like to be a podcaster, but this shit is not around right now in my time. It may be one day, but for now, I'm going to, you know. As you as you continue to speak, I'm like, yeah, definitely a one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to say a point five on that one. <laughs> I can't even give it a one. But I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the kicker. The rules, Patty. The rules. One to five. Well, the okay, number well, one I is. Break the rules. We well, I feel like the, the number one. Negative one. I feel like on this list, right? She survived and changed her identity for national security reasons. It's kind of like the same thing, like the New Jersey one, right? Right. So it's like the same deal. So that one you guys give like she if she survived and changed her identity and was living a whole different life, you guys give that like a what? She is dead. This 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 event led to death. Like she, the idea of her surviving is like not well, yeah, she dead I don't, now. I don't but... understand yeah. why she would right, she would be 126. But I don't understand why she would need like just to start fresh in a new life. Like why? Like why? Why? Yeah. Like why? Just why? She couldn't get away from the husband. She like, had to do something. She wrote him that letter. He knew what was up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to shock, but I'll stay with you and we'll be married. Oh, she was friends, a lot, big friends with uh, Eleanor Roosevelt. You know, and Eleanor may have been, you know, interested. I don't know. They were a like, slut? No. Are you talking about like she and Eleanor Roosevelt? Being a fair dude, is that what you're saying, dude? This is worse than the alien thing. But Eleanor didn't disappear, she didn't disappear, she didn't. But they were friends, so why would she disappear? Not Eleanor Roosevelt, Mm, maybe I have no idea. Wait, is that like a rumor? Is that like a thing that Eleanor Roosevelt had like a woman? 
she she was into women. Is that the deal? I, 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 there was a rumor about that. I'm gonna look that up. Let's see. I'm looking up Rose. <laughs> the things this podcast makes me look up. <laughs> I put Eleanor Roosevelt bisexual. Well, she never publicly identified as bisexual or lesbian. She once told her daughter, Anna, that she disliked having sex with her husband, saying it was an ordeal to be born. Yeah, just because you don't like having sex with your husband doesn't mean you want to fuck other women. Maybe you just want to fuck other guys. <laughs> Possibly. Well, she, well, you know, could it be that penis had to be horrible. So yeah. it's like, oh, this penis is it. And why would you say that to your daughter? Oh, fucking your dad is so <laughs> I just like, said. Oh, I just hate it. It has oh. me off of all penis. <laughs> like, for real. I have never given penis a second chance after this oh, one. It is it gross. Is, it is speculated that she maybe wasn't a woman, too. Or period. She really enjoyed the flight that, that uh, Amelia Earhart took her on. And, and she Ooh. wanted to become a pilot herself, but, you know. Her husband was like, "No, I can't lose you. No, no pilot lessons for you, wifey." Okay. Hmm. Okay. I don't know why we started talking about that, but I think that's a whole other episode. I would like to yeah. really explore. Explore Helen oh. or Roosevelt's freak flag. Mm. <laughs> she was abducted by aliens, guys. Okay, that's what I was waiting for. Yeah. Go ahead, Helen. She was that's abducted it? by aliens. The theory that she was, uh, well, it, so I went deep into this. So this is the end of this article, right? But then they had apparently, um, they had plenty media on it. They had like uh, Star Trek Voyager during, Khalid, you was into Star Trek Voyager, right? Still am. Yeah. Oh, dude, I never watch it. But apparently they had like an episode in it with Amelia Earhart. Um, I, I was like, okay, very cool. So the aliens had Grabba. But that's what aliens do, dude. They was like, wait, are the, are the man, mankind, putting a woman to fly this plane? We need to observe this shit. She must be good. Yeah, we need to observe this. Like, they'll observe shit. Out of all the alien abduction stories I've heard, this one makes sense. Like, this is who you want to examine. Like, yeah. a thinker, an innovator, somebody ahead of their time. Not like some person that lives in a farm and, like, fucking... I'm going to stop before I say something offensive. <laughs> well, I just so, saying. I'm sorry. Can I go back to Eleanor Roosevelt for a second? Okay. <laughs> was, it was pretty known she was in a relationship with a journalist named Lorena Hickok. Sorry. Ah, there you go. She Horror really hated that penis. She really mm. hated that penis. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Newsweek, which uh, somewhat respectable right they have like this whole article that will include for you guys it. to run through you it. see that newsweek thing right with the uh hollow it mm-hmm. yeah yeah let me just read one little excerpt from it that's my favorite thing okay since Earhart's disappearance a number of theories have been uh put forward to explain what could have happened almost inevitably the conspiracy theories have emerged including that she was captured by japanese and some seem outright strange. In 2015, the New Dimensions blog, whilst publicizing the Hollywood magazine, claimed that Earhart was saved by beings called Argatons, who lived in a civilization inside of the Hollywood. The blog states that the Argatons used teleportation technology to help the aviator before she hit the ocean which is why her plane was never found, though it's unclear if this is a genuinely held belief. Well, I could tell you this now, Newsweek. It is, it is not. No, it is so, not. So, yeah. <laughs> Man. Interesting, it's not, interesting. It's not genuinely, genuinely revered belief. But, yeah, that's it. That's, that's like, um, that's one of the big, that's one of the big alien things, man. Okay. The Washington Post had done this um this big long article too. That kind of just the fact that she didn't die, and it was like a lot of uh, analysis on taking measurements of the bones for that second theory we had mentioned, and the bones that she had found, and even though the bones were um 
discarded in 1998. This group tour called Tighar took the measurements that Hoodless, mm-hmm. that was the initial do. So they took measurements from Hoodless and ran them through uh anthropological database. And that is when they had determined the bones could have belonged to a taller than average woman of European descent, more than likely, potentially, Earhart. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, like, they had, like, photos of the arms and her, her body dimensions that kind of, like, matched the bones. So, Pigard believed that this was the, the second theory I'd mentioned, so it was the one that you had agree with. I forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> okay. Gardner, I mean, yeah. the, the Nakamura Island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I go with that one out of all okay. the theories. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, that's the one that makes most sense to me. I don't know. Uh, what about the aliens, guys? About well, aliens? that's a very close second. <laughs> I think when they were done with her, they put her back there as aliens and just buried her. <laughs> well, I just saying, my theory. Just kidding. I'll I'll, I'll I'll throw something it. out here. Okay. I think she died in the ocean, dude. What's the most recent? Just <laughs> <laughs> okay. to say, what's okay. the most recent news you had, Colin? Okay, because this news. is 2024 go... news, right? 2024, mm-hmm. baby. It's January 29, 2024. Mm-hmm. And as Give it to I was us. reading into it, you know, I was like, there's a possibility they found her plane, right? There is a company called Deep Sea Vision. Their CEO is Tony Ramo. Romo? Romo. His father used Tony to Tony Romo, work... the football player? It sounds like R-O-M-I-O, Romeo. Ramio. Oh, okay. His oh, name's no. Tony. Okay. South Carolina. He okay. got his, him and his brothers got a little 100-foot boat, whatever, and they got this nice fancy sonar device, and they allegedly said they found her boat, her ship, underwater, deeper okay. than the Titanic. So they have sonar video of of it but they did not go down and confirm so yet the coast guard has to go down there and actually see is it a coral is it ship debris is it actually a plane so he's saying that he's not going to take full credit for it uh, for the discovery of her allegedly finding her plane and he's not saying that he found it he said he they think they may have found it may is the word because they're using Years and years of research people have done looking and, and eliminating spots where she can be. So he said it's a combination of everybody's efforts that he's found the plane. So I'm like, okay, cool. They found the plane. But then as I was looking into it, Fox News has to come up and bring another guy, right? His name is Richard Gillespie. He's been looking for a plane for 35 years. And he's like looking at the sonar picture, looking at the actual plane and the side by side comparison they don't match. Oh. So the wings are out on her plane, like straight out. And on the plane that's underwater, it's like back a little bit, little angle back. So he's like, I'm like Fox News raining on somebody else's parade. But um, he's like, no, there's no way that that plane is a, a Lockhart, Lockheed, Lockheed, Tenny Electra. He said, there's no way that could be the plane. Well, so what? So that's the theory. So they have to go down. The Coast Guard has to go down and confirm. And it's really deep to see what that is. So they haven't Are there plans it. to go down and confirm? Yeah, with all the hype up there, there has to be some plan to go down. Yeah. So, but our guy, Richard Gillespie, has some more tangible ideas of what it could be, where her plane could be. He's like, there's no way, because the, the, um, that the plane they allegedly found, it's a hundred miles west of the Holland Island. So it could be. Oh. Right? So yeah. it was on its way there. But uh, the guy who was on Fox News recently, mm, Richard Gillespie, very reputable. has a more uh, tangible idea of what, what, what it could be, right? So say our lovely girl disappears. The Coast Guard sends a, uh, a USS Colorado out to look for her. You know, they get to Gardner Island within nine days and they fly over Gardner Island, which is the Nakamuri Island you talked about, Issa. And they did a flyover and they saw signs of recent habitation, but no plane. Nobody lives there. What recent habitation are you talking about? Right. So within about a week of her being lost, 
they went out there, but they were still getting radio signals from her ship. They were saying she was sending radio signals for up to maybe uh, a, a few days after. Mm-hmm. And then people were like, no way. If she crashed in the water, you know, the, the gearbox would have gotten wet. All the electrics would have gotten wet. You wouldn't get any messages from her. You wouldn't get any radio signals. So Lockheed came up and Lockheed, Lockheed, the company that makes your plane, says, listen, the only way you're going to get radio signals from her is if she landed her plane. And the gears have to be down. So and the boxes wouldn't have really? to be wet. Yeah. So Lockheed says, you know, if you're getting messages from her, you know, for three three nights after, her she landed somewhere. So the idea was Gardner Island is a coral reef, and that she landed her plane on the coral reef at low tide. So when the tide would come in, you know, you wouldn't get a signal, but when the tide went out, she could send signals. And Three months after her disappearance, there was a British crew that went oh. back to that island to take pictures for possible habitats, uh, like for civilization, to see if they could occupy that land. And there was a guy who took a picture on the west coast of that island of a ship that crashed maybe 50 years before. It was all a wreck. It was a wreck. It was all rusty and everything. But in that picture, to the left, there's an object in the water. That's Nobody knows picture. what that object is. Mm-hmm. Right. So the guy, Richard Gillespie, goes, gets high imagery photos of it, talks to people that don't have any foot in the game of what it is, what it's not. And they're saying that looks like a Lockheed uh, wheel that may have separated from the plane. It looks exactly like a Lockheed 10 Electra that may have been on there and broke off. That same gear broke off on her in Hawaii when she landed her plane. She kind of like, it broke off, so she had to get a ship back to America to get repaired. There's a possibility that she landed on the coral reef, and the waves of that island are so aggressive, they pulled her plane out, and maybe it destroyed destroyed the plane. And that wheel, they can't find the wheel. It's in the picture, but that seems like a plausible explanation that she landed mm-hmm. there on that island. Now, they were saying that the Coast Guard gave a horrible report of her because she was a horrible pilot, they were saying. But the Coast Guard did not release it because Eisenhower was president. Eisenhower was, you know, was like combined. They were like good friends, I guess, with them. Eisenhower? Yeah. Eleanor, sure. Roosevelt. The Roosevelt. Sorry, my bad. So um, they didn't want to release that negative report about her because she spent a lot of her time, uh, you know, talking about flying and raising money and getting endorsements. She didn't have enough time to like train as a pilot. That's what some reports were saying. So they didn't really oh. release the report blaming her for the, the accident. But the idea that her plane landed mm-hmm. on that coral reef and was pulled out three days later because of the waves and just destroyed by the coral reef, plausible. That's my theory. Oh, Richard Gillespie. 35 years. And they're still looking for the ship. They haven't found anything. That 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 um rudder, that was a rudder. I was in, is the rudder, the wheel, landing gear, whatever, was in the water. It, it, it's not there anymore. They don't know where it went. Because it have been buried under sea somewhere. Well, look Dude. at that. So, Dude, let I, me... don't know. I don't think they found her. Well, I'll tell I you this. They did. I'd come into this like, oh man, this seemed like a straightforward, unmysterious thing. This woman is dead in the water. Well, she's dead for sure. That's yeah. But, but it tips out how she died. I like, I confuse now. Like, I see the mystery. A lot of the theories that they had, I feel, is bullshit. This might be one yeah. of the few times I don't think it was aliens. I don't think aliens play a role in it. I don't know. But now I'm wondering if she really went down in the water. Those signals. They find treaties. Now I'm even more perplexed by the whole thing, dude. The, the signals from the plane is a big one. Days later, and, and why did the U.S. Colorado go out there and say there are signs of recent habitation, but they they found nothing. They, they, they flew over, but they didn't go to the island, I guess, to actually look in on it. That doesn't that British... sound U.S.-like, though. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not like they would have sent 500 people to look for... It was a world wide effort so she disappeared on the second the ship got there on the ninth i don't know she she disappeared in 1937 they didn't declare dead until like two years later yeah 
Huh. We're still looking for her. Uh, for well, now I'm confused, dude. I'm I'm more confused now than I was at the start of the broadcast in terms of like where it went down with her. I, I, like, just guys, go there with a big ass magnet, throw it in the water, and pull up some metal. See what you find. You know, it could be buried under sand. Magnets. We need magnets. Mm, water. Magnets, eh? Magnets. I don't know if it's made. Yeah, it's made of metal. But my my basic thought is that that guy who said he found the ship, the plane, didn't find nothing. Really? Yeah. You were so into that news, dude, and it's I bullshit. Was. You feel it's bullshit? Yeah, now I do. Well, you know, now that I, I ha- it's something down there, but it doesn't really match up with the ship. I'm mm-hmm. hoping it is. I'm hoping it is. But then the 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 idea that they found parts of a Lockheed and the the radio signals are being sent out for at least three days after. Could have been her. Now it's the same island that they find the bones. Well, now I lean in more. Maybe she she crashed land close to that island, dude. One thing I do, I, 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 I don't feel like I'll lean into is even if it had like some type of uh, group of people who was saying she was a shitty pilot. I mean... I feel like she established herself as an awesome pilot really Yeah, on. agreed. She was, she was a pilot. <laughs> yes. No, but like I had read the details of the um the first uh transatlantic flight she had made, and apparently the wing had freeze up and she had like a gas leak. Like she deal with like some heavy ass pressure, dude. Like she was on it. There's like 90% of uh a, a, a pilot, a good pilot ability to just handle unforeseen pressure and oh, shit and she she pulled that shit off man i i agree with you i just want to see what that coast guard report actually said why why were they not released the report like right after why were they keeping it i'm I'm sure we could get our hands on it a copy sure of it but you feel that like her affair with eleanor roosevelt had played a role in it more than anything no. else that's what you, you say know, more than anything else well for me Tell me something perplexing podcast. If you guys take one thing from this podcast, Scullet believes Eleanor Roosevelt had an affair with Amelia Earhart. Was a big old lesbian. Big old. Vaginas upon vaginas, rejecting penises. In the vagina. Mm Mm-hmm. It's my thought. All right, well, dude, final, I mean... Was was your final thought on it, dude? Like, where you stand with this Amelia Earhart uh, mystery? Like, where where it at for you? Me? Yeah. She's landed somewhere in Garden Island and her body's out there somewhere. I feel like maybe she landed there and tried to take a little boat out somewhere else. I have no idea. She had a lack of flotation devices on that plane. And for, for, the, for the plane to... The send signals, if there were said signals being sent, if they were getting signals, you have to actually know what channel they're on, what area they're in to actually get the signal. So somebody was tuned in and hearing something, but they can't really make it out. It had to be, it had to be her. And her plane was, uh, was there for at least three days. Hmm. But what happened after three days? Aliens. It, it took them a week to get there. So what happened in that week? Aliens. You think aliens rescued her? Possibly. Yeah. Yes. Think she cannibalized him, Noonan? Mm. Yes. Oh my gosh. Might as well be. Uh, there's stuff about like uh crabs eating the bodies and stuff like that, but the it would bones. be so much yeah, yeah the bones, Gross. it would be so much better if like she had eaten Noonan. Mm. Or eat the crabs. They were eating Noonan. Let the crabs okay, wait, it going deep into Cannibalism. Thought he closed the door on on her. I mean, I think she's a really cool lady. Yeah, I agree. Closing thought. Definitely, extremely cool. Really cool lady. Her you letter, know? like that she wrote her husband. I'm gonna copy it when I get married, and I'm gonna send it to my husband. <laughs> Excellent well, idea. You should. We will As put you it should. up. We will put it up on our Instagram for any woman that wants to get it and send it to her soon-to-be husband. I, I love this lady. You know, she bought her first plane by herself, right? She saved that money. She she did a lot on her own and yeah. developed herself. You know, yep. She had, she had uphill climb all the way. 
Cool lady, yeah. man. Yeah, very cool. We love uh, to see it. Man. Very cool. Well, like Patty mentioned, um, check out the Instagram. Uh, make sure and hit us on the the Twitter to a degree. Send us an email at the something perplexing podcast at gmail.com. And we will be catching you soon. See ya. Hasta luego. Hasta la vista. What, what did I say? Hasta la vista. <laughs> oh. <laughs>